Today on Lockdown Red Wings, with the deadline pass and playoff hopes gone, we take a step back and ask, where is the Red Wings rebuild at? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today, guys, as I said in the cold open, it's an off day. So we have an opportunity to really take a step back here after, unfortunately, a slew of negativity um, just around how these last couple of weeks have played out after a huge high. We were high on success for a while there, but the Red Wings uh, are out of the playoff race. They've traded a lot, way a lot of the assets at the deadline. So moods are down and I understand it. My mood is down a lot, Scotty. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's where I feel I'm at right now is just kind of disappointed. And you brought up yesterday at the end of the yesterday's show that you kind of wanted to use this off day episode to take a step back and almost remind people that, Big picture wise, this team is still progressing and, you know, at a pretty good pace. Yeah, you know, I I think that it was just a, like you said, off day. We got to talk about yesterday, the individual trades in a vacuum, good value, good value, bad value, etc. And I, I think that it's also important, maybe even more important to have the discussion of where the Red Wings are at just in the timeline of this rebuild. I mean, if you are someone who is on social media and and goes online a lot, I mean, you saw a lot of varying takes and a lot of different opinions on, on just reactions to the moves that happen at this deadline. And so I I just wanted to have kind of a discussion with you and just with the people about that, because it's, it's fascinating to me how many varying opinions there are, you know what I mean, really can be about uh, where the wings stand post-deadline. And for me, personally, I view the deadline as uh, a necessary win. And I I don't view this as a step back as far as the rebuild goes at all. I, I don't think the trajectory has changed. I don't think that this is like rebuild 2.0. I don't think that they like blew it up and are starting over again. Uh, I think everything they did was completely necessary. I think they absolutely hindered themselves for the remainder of the 2022-2023 season, Which obviously. Could be but a blessing as in disguise. As timeline goes, you know, like how what where how soon everyone expected to be competitive again and just where the wings are at in this timeline and, you know, trending up or trending down. I still personally absolutely view this team as the the direction didn't change over the weekend for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say at all. I, I still have the exact same timetable in my head. I still think that they're heading in the right direction. I still think they're trending up. And I think that what they did on Friday was and Thursday, I guess, 
was was just necessary. And I, I don't view it as a as a hindering of the timeline at all. Yeah. So I, for one, like usual, I'm in agreement with you. I'm aligned with you and I understand it uh, where a lot of the frustration and where a lot of the people are coming from, because I actually kind of share that mindset in in a way and that. I can get why people think that it was a step back in the rebuild. And I say that because when we talk about cores and what a core of a hockey team is, I mean, we were sold on the idea, myself included, that Tyler Bertuzzi and Phil Peronic were part of the cores of this team, given their age. And they were, but they were part of a core of a rebuilding team. And by the time as this rebuild is progressing, we can clearly see that when this team is competitive, Tyler Bertuzzi especially, not so much Philip Peronic, as I think that was just, he got offered an absolute haul and couldn't turn it down. But we're looking at a team that would be closer to 30, an a, a core that would be closer to 30 in regards to Dylan Larkin, Philip Peronic, and uh, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, Phil Peronic, Dylan Larkin, that would be closer to 30 by the time they're ready to compete. And that doesn't leave you a very long window to compete. And so I think Iserman made the decision to decide that, okay, well, clearly this isn't going to be right. We're not ready to compete in the next couple of years. I hate to say that, but maybe not even the next couple of years. It could be, you see how fast turnarounds can be for teams like, I don't want to say the Buffalo Sabres as they've restarted their rebuild a couple of times but how they've kind of come out of nowhere, it seems, this season after just one or two key additions, and like Tage Thompson, for example. So it feels as if Steve Eiserman said that this core is not the core. He's going to build around the core of his own draft picks. And I, I bring back the fact of the matter that the Red Wings, of Eiserman's picks on the Red Wings, there's only two guys right now. Three, if you want to count Soderblom, who played a good chunk of the season before getting ultimately sent down to Grand Rapids. We have yet to see the fruits of Iserman's labor at the NHL level, but that's not to say that they're not coming. And we'll talk about this, I'm sure, in segment two a little bit, uh, and we'll flex about how good some of these Iserman draft picks are playing, and that doesn't always translate to the NHL level, but it feels like the help is on the way. But it's very clear to me that Iserman has decided that Obviously, Larkin's part of the core. He signed him for eight years, and you need that rock, that stability, that guy to build around, that veteran leader. He is that veteran leader in the locker room. It feels like he's still so young, but in comparison to Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider, I mean, Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond are part of that new core. He's going to build around the core of 25U players instead of the 30U players. That's clearly, in my mind, what his mindset is right now. He quite literally is trying to build this from the ground up and doesn't really care about who was here before, it seems. And that sounds almost cold, and I'm sure that's a little bit hyperbolic. I'm sure he cares very much about them because, again, they're people, not pieces. Um, but I think that, that I think that's the idea. Is It's not a teardown. I think this is, was the goal for a long time, was my pieces are going to be the core. And if you guys work out and pan out long-term, great. But my guys are going to be the core. Yeah, I, I, I think there's definitely some truth in that. The really interesting thing, about it is I keep going back to the conversation about the timeline because I mean, even you mentioned there, you know, like maybe the trade deadline is a sign that, or a signal that we're still a couple of years away from 
I guess everyone's definition of competing is a little bit different, but I, I mean, last off season, okay. Just this one that, that just passed right before going into this year, we had said this year, we expected the Red Wings to be one of the better teams to miss the postseason and kind of be just on the outside looking in. And then we said that next season was going to be the year in which I think the fan base should expect postseason. I don't have that, that mindset has not changed for me at all. And yes. I know that again, we got rid of a, a lot of guys that, uh, or several guys at least that uh, a lot of people pointed to and assumed or thought was going to be on the team next year. Obviously Heronic being the biggest one, but I think a lot of people uh, maybe not lately, but last off season probably still assumed that Burt, maybe could get a deal worked out. And, you know, Verana certainly people thought was more of a longer term option. So I, I understand that they moved a lot of people that at one point people thought were going to be a part of this team for a long time, but with the assets they have and the money that they're about to have and the flexibility that they're about to have this off season, I truly think that what the wings did at the deadline just on Friday was a step back for the remainder of this season so that this off season, they could take a big step forward. And that's truly how I view it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I'll add on to that after this break, but first I got to talk to people today about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season and NHL season. And now is the perfect time to download Download, download, download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sometimes I just like an adopt a strange accent, a non-recognizable accent when I say words. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. That time it was an intentional. Uh, it's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and even goal scores as well if you're one of a one of those hockey fans like me. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet on up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about just taking a step back and looking at the rebuild as a whole. And you mentioned timeline, and I agree with you. I mean, the, the goal of this season is still, you know, finish. I want 85 points or better and finish outside the playoffs. I know current point projections after this six-game losing streak are now like 84 and a half after going all the way up to 90. That's the thing about point projections is they, they change after every win or loss. They're fluid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're still like right in that wheelhouse. Uh, I, I would like to have seen a little bit more of an improvement on five on five play, but believe it or not, the power play and penalty kill is better. The team is overall better than it has been last season. So we have seen those improvements year over year. And I agree with you. My timeline is the same. I want to see this team be competitive next season, but that's where the problem lies is I obviously I say these things because my patience begins to wear thin. It's been, it's year seven or eight now since the Red Wings have made the playoffs and this rebuild has began. And I know Iserman likes to say the rebuild doesn't, didn't begin until he took over because that was the start of his rebuild. And I understand that. And I respect that. But as a fan who's been here through 
you know, he only witnessed the Eiserman era. We witnessed the end of the Holland era and the Eiserman era. So it's kind of back to back. Yeah. The patience wears a little bit thin and uh, you know, the honeymoon phase with Eiserman has certainly been coming to an end. I feel, and I think that's justified. I think people are, per- we've talked, we had a whole episode about this. It's perfectly okay to criticize Eiserman on some of the moves he makes. And we have at times too, but I'm also not going to completely turn on him because I understand that, rebuilds aren't linear. You've said that a thousand times, Scotty, and that there is no timeline to success. You take steps forward and you take steps back. I mean, Jacob Verona losing him like that. I was, let's admit it is a step back because of the fact that that didn't pan out. You couldn't have predicted that, but Jake Wallman, arguably a step forward, he panned out. So there's going to be that push and that pull as rebuilds go. And it's a lot of it is obviously, you know, smart GMing, but a lot of it is also luck and draft luck because as Rana said, you have to, build through the draft. So while I think it's okay to criticize Iserman, I'm and my patience is wearing thin and I want this team to compete. I'm not about to turn on him either because there has been outside the Sherat move. Uh, there's yet been a move where I've gone. I don't know about this one, Stevie there. Every single move I've on a very base level been like, I can at least understand this. And so I, I think when you look at the, the cabinet that's been loaded up, Scotty, Right now, I know it's not they're not at the NHL level yet, and we want to see them at the NHL level, but the cabinet is loaded up, and that's something that national pundits keep talking about. I mean, we're an NHL network. One of their uh, pundits said that we were one of the, the Red Wings were one of the winners at the deadline because they were they sold and got so much. And then also, we are constantly touted as having one of the best U22 pools, and that's fantastic. I mean, again, like that's that's great to hear. Again, that means diddly squat until they're making an impact at the NHL level, but when you take a step back, like there's still a lot to be excited for. We just have to continue to have patience despite the fact that it's wearing thin admittedly again with myself included. For sure. And, and I guess that was the point I was trying to make before the break. There was like, I don't think anyone should compromise their patience just off of the deadline. Like I, again, like for me, it literally does not change the timeline at all. I think it is, extremely reasonable and possible to go into this offseason to use all of the draft capital you've had to draft players you like and use them and then uh, instead of drafting whatever five players in the top 40 or 45 draft players you like and then use the access picks you have of players you whatever spots you don't necessarily need then go out there and get NHL talent with those draft picks and you're gonna have cap because you didn't re-sign Burt. And, I, well, I mean, a lot of people, you know, we talked about the Verona situation, retaining some of that salary. The UFA is already coming off the books. Like, you're going to have cap space. You're going to have cap flexibility. You're going to have player flexibility. And you're going to have assets in the draft, all which can be used to, even in a, a much more shallow free agency market, still improve this offseason I, I I just I mean genuinely that's what I the, the thing I keep going back to is you know this conversation about uh the, the wings whatever taking a big step back or oh it feels like we we just you know are rebuilding again and it's like this is still the same timeline for me this 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 was all necessary stuff that it's all outside of heronic it's all UFAs that weren't going to come back do you want to just like trade them for nothing and like hold on to them for nothing rather and then like miss the postseason anyway? I mean, that this is this is what you had to do. And and a comment you made earlier, you know, just like bringing back up the, what is the core of this team? I 
I think if you're looking at the NHL roster, and you and I talked about this a little bit off air uh, yesterday as well, but like if you're looking at the NHL roster, just say out loud what you think the core of this Red Wings team is. I think it's currently like the 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 unbreakable core. Now that doesn't mean that only these players can be here when this team is good again, but the undeniable core that they are building around. I think is only three a three player long list, and I think it's Cider, Raymond, and Larkin. And and again, that's not to say that there aren't assets on this team. Bergeron has looked really good; he can be here when this team is competitive again. Obviously, Zadina is super controversial. Valeno has had a solid year. Like that, 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 I'm not Wallman. Obviously, extended like can certainly play his way. But when you're talking about the 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 pure like unmovable core that you are undeniably building around. I, I I think it's only a three-player long list, and that kind of makes everybody else on this roster somebody that you look at and go, okay, well, like, what's the best value here? Yeah. Like, you can be a part of a core. Like, again, Tyler Bertuzzi and Phil Peronik were part of the core of this hockey team, but they weren't – the cores can change. Cores can be – like, get, get a change depending on where the team is at. And, again, Tyler Bertuzzi and Phil Peronik were part of a – core on a rebuilding hockey team and they weren't untouchable and because of that they were moved and that stinks like again like i never i was so shocked when heronic got traded and i'm bummed that bertuzzi got traded because i loved him so much i love his style of play and you know part of me yeah, still same. hopes he comes back but like you said it's it's more outsider lucas raymond dylan larkin that's your unmovable core right now and if you're gonna build on that core it's gonna be guys that aren't even here yet and again like you said Wallman is here for a while. At least we think he's here for a while. I know he has a modified no trade clause, but it's not foolproof. So I mean, anything can happen outside those three guys. So you start to look into like, okay, well, what players in the future can be part of this unshakable core? What players are there in the cabinet that are performing and are on the way? And I mean, I think the conversation starts with obviously Simon Edvinson. Simon Edison right now at the Grand Rapids Griffins, he's fourth on team scoring as a defenseman. He's got 25 points in 46 games played as he begin. I mean, he's, he's looking very comfortable on North American ice and he's on pace to have almost a 50 game, a 50 point season in Grand Rapids. I mean, that's a huge adjustment after he at times struggled uh, during preseason play. Yeah. He's looked great. And the fact that he's fourth on the team in scoring as a defenseman is really reassuring that, he could be a legitimate player on this hockey team when when the time comes. We might see him in the last 10 games of the season. I don't think they want to burn the first year of the ELC yet, so they'll hold him that nine-game maximum. Yeah, we'll play nine games this year, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it starts there, right? And then you could continue and be like, hey, there's tons of other prospects, Scotty, that we can look at as are having banger years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that the conversation obviously starts with, with Edvinson and I – yeah, I, I would not be shocked at all if he played exactly nine games at the NHL level this year. And then I, I think that's a fun conversation for this offseason. You know, what do you do uh, on the on the blue line in the offseason? How much do you add on the blue line? And how much can we assume that Edmondson is going to be uh, on that defensive core on opening night? Absolutely. So when we come back, Scotty, We'll continue the conversation. We'll, we'll look in a little bit deeper into that cabinet. Maybe maybe not talk about guys who are like going to be future untouchable pieces of the core, but just prospects in general that have been just an absolute 
pleasant surprise this season and some of which haven't been a surprise and we just knew they would tear it up. But just to reassure you guys that the, the future has yet to come. The the Red Wings, Steve Eisman's Red Wings isn't here yet and they're making big waves at the level they're at and the optimism is still there. You just got to look beyond the current losing streak. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product you got to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop, of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar while still tasting so good, and it costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit and has over seven thousand five-star reviews so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's continue this conversation. Um, so we're talking about guys in the cabinet who could be part of this unbreakable, unshakable core. And we named, obviously, the three that are on the Red Wings right now who are absolutely part of that core. And we were kind of going down the list of guys who, could be there and trying to revitalize the fan base after some unfortunate losing streak and controlling your own destiny and whatnot. We named Simon Edmondson. I think he is the most obvious no duh statement, but there's another guy who uh, Red Wings fans were starting to sour on and then sneakily here and only sneakily if you haven't been paying attention, but if you've been paying attention, he's been fantastic. Scotty, who's uh, kind of been tearing it up right lately. Uh, well, I, I mean, yes, we're going to talk about one dude specifically, but that entire roster has been an absolute fuego. Uh, the Toledo Walleye have won, at the time of this recording, 13 straight hockey games, uh, which is unbelievable. And Sebastian Cosa has been in net for seven of those 13, and he is 7-0-0 in that stretch. It's actually really convenient right before we started recording. The Red Wings did us a huge favor, and we were already going to talk about this anyway. Then they tweeted out his stats in, over his seven-game win streak. Um, so in since February 8th, so this is almost uh, a month, but it's seven starts, he has three shutouts, a 969 save percentage, and a 0.86 goals against average. He also is tied – uh, for the lead in the ECHL with four shutouts on the year. Also, <laughs> in his last six starts, he has allowed zero or one goals in each of his last six starts. He is on another planet currently, and that is very, I'm assuming, very key in the Walleye's just entire crazy run here where the team has won 13 straight games. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, about – Sebastian Kosas, everyone was down on him, especially it started when he was the third string goalie on team Canada. As people are like, Correct. Oh, maybe yeah. Stevie messed up. Cause obviously, I mean, actually you could probably go back to the draft and you and Nolan being there, everyone was ready <laughs> to take, uh, Oh my God, I'm drawing what Jesper Wallstead. Jesper right? Wallstead. Yeah. And that he was the guy because he was more ready. He was more mechanically sound, 
but Stevie likes his big guys with athleticism and he took a chance on him, hoping that he could improve the, um, the, the technique on Sebastian Cosa. And he struggled right. early this season with Grand Rapids and Toledo, but recently he has been on a tear as you just noted. So don't be out on Sebastian Cosa. And I'll argue Scotty that not only could he be a piece of this team's core, I would argue he needs to, he needs to be a piece of this team's core because this oh, well, team needs a starting goalie. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And I think that there is, uh, it, it's so difficult now to get your hands on one of those like top end, top end goalies, uh, especially if it's not through just drafting and developing, you know what I mean? Like so seldomly are goalies like traded or I, I mean, really outside of, like Bobrovsky, like there's not even too many big like free agent acquisitions with goalies leaving teams and whatnot. Like teams really do when they find a goalie that's good, they they lock that dude down. And so I, I think that it's it's super important for Kosa to be a starting caliber goalie for this team going forward. And and like that's not going to happen next year. Like he's still no. in Toledo, but. Uh, I do think that that long-term big picture, that's a, that's a really, and, and I know like we're talking now again about like years down the road for guys like Kosa and whatnot, but I do think that he's going to be uh, super important to this team going forward. And if they can find a, another, uh, another goalie just right now to have a nice little one, two punch at the NHL level, because like Huso has been really solid this year. If they can just kind of naturally transition from, Huso, uh, a legitimate second goalie, and then, you know, in whatever it is, two years, give or take a year, Kosa getting added into that mix, that'd be super helpful. I mean, he's got 164 saves and three goals against in the last 10 games. That's <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's pretty good. So, yeah, that's one guy for sure. Scotty, who else are we looking at right now as uh, not maybe necessarily pieces of the core, but just to prove that, cabinet's still full we haven't seen anything yet really well i mean uh, where do you want to go next i mean we can go to lombardi just scored his 40th goal for flint i think that's the sexy conversation for sure yeah I mean, man four i think shout he's fourth out, in the league out, flint man that's a fun that's a fun way to watch a hockey game i love it up there he's fourth in the league right now third in the league i'm sorry third in the league uh in scoring with the ohl uh, with the Flint Firebirds, 86 points in 60 games, 41 goals, 45 assists. So doing it on both ends. Yeah, he already has a 40-40 yeah. season, like before the 70th game. Yeah, incredible. And so he's just been, obviously the OHL is still, it's a, it's not professional, it's major junior hockey. Yeah. So there's still a huge gap, like once he makes that leap to pro. But this was a guy, and the reason it's so exciting to look at him this way is because he, you know, he was a fourth round pick. It's not, it's a he's middle 19. round pick. Yeah, and he's 19. Good point. So, and he plays center, 19, which is yeah, right. He's right 19 years centers. old, and at 18 with Flint last year, he he was just under a point a game. So, like, I mean, this is yeah, a, a guy that I think is uh, a lot of people should be excited about for sure. I mean, obviously, we didn't even talk about Marco Casper as he's been one of the best U what U20 players over yeah. there in 
uh, Sweden. Wallander's taking steps forward. Albert Johansson, I'm really high on as well. He there's, get a, he, there's some people out there that think Johansson might get a look at the end of this season. Even. I hope he does because we need more right D-men. Uh, and right. he's been really good with them. But then if you go to the collegiate level, you got Carter Mazur, who is what, 30th yeah. in the NCAA in scoring. He's over a point or just under point per game, 35 points in 36 games on an absolutely stacked University of Denver team. But another guy that doesn't get a whole lot of uh, attention is Robert Mastrom. Uh, excuse me, Robert Mastermone uh, with Arizona State. He's 20th in NCAA in scoring. He's got 39 points in 36 games. He was a second-round pick in 2019, which was the first year of Steve Eiserman's tenure. So he's been a guy who's been doing pretty well. Doesn't have an ELC yet, but he might be earning one at the end of the season. Same with Mazur. So, like, there's guys, guys, and we there's so many other prospects that are playing well. Not every single one's going to make the NHL level and make a splash, but – we haven't seen hardly of any of Iserman's picks at the NHL level. And I think once you start seeing the, the fruits of that labor, then we can start making the decisions on whether or not to get impatient, which I mean, I, it says a lot. Cause I, like I said earlier, I'm already starting to get impatient, but like there's a difference between me being impatient and wanting it and me like actually like, okay, well, Stevie, you got to start doing something now because these guys aren't working out. And we're not at that point yet where things aren't working out for sure. And, and, much different conversation, but I still, I, I really do think that his asset management this offseason is really where a, a lot of people, myself included, will probably draw the line in the sand, right? Like if he's if he's using all the assets and the flexibility that he created at the deadline this offseason to take another big step forward, then I think it'll kind of reassure a lot of the fan base that, hey, this team is headed in the right direction. But if it's a more of a lackadaisical, you know, they use all the picks, there's no trades, and they don't aren't able to add too much in, in a pretty shallow free agency, then I'm I'm gonna be a lot more uh I'm gonna be a lot more on board with the flip side of things if if this offseason is a super quiet one. But I, I still I, I just think in a vacuum, this trade deadline did not take a step back. It's this offseason that has the potential to do that, not the deadline. I guess that's my kind of summary of the last 30 minutes. I mean, yeah, final, final, my final thought on this, Scotty, is just that there's still things are still looking good. And it's it's hard to see every single day when you're here every single day, but it, things are still going to be good in the long run. We just got to continue to be patient because we haven't, again, I keep hammering home, we haven't seen anything yet. We really haven't. So that's where I go. Final thoughts for you. We ball. We do ball. Uh, We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow and a game preview. So stay tuned for that. Same time, same place to your team every day. Every day.